Welcome to In the Oil Patch, presented by Shale Magazine, broadcasting from the Oilfield Expert Studios. Oilfield Experts, where you get the right products right now. In the Oil Patch is where, together, we explore topics that affect us all in oil, gas, business, and in your community. Every week, your host, Kim Bellotto, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch. And welcome to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. And today is a very special day because it is our 300th episode of In the Oil Patch Radio Show. And I'd like to thank everyone along the way that has contributed to the success of the show as we are reaching a larger audience thanks to being syndicated on the Salem Radio Network. Along uh, with being heard in San Antonio, we're also heard in Houston, Midland, Corpus, the Guadalupe Valley, and starting on January 31st, we will be in the Twin Cities in Minnesota on Biz Radio 1440 KYCR. We're very excited to have this uh, new platform uh, completely out of Texas, so we're very excited. Um, this also happens to be our live show, so my co-host and editor of Shell Magazine, David Blackman, will be joining us shortly, along with our guest, the president of the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers, Jason Modulin. So if you have any questions about what's going on in oil, gas, or the energy industry here and around the world, our phone lines are open. Please feel free to call in at 210-308-8867 or the toll-free number of 866-308-8867. You can ask any question through our Facebook page as well, which is in the Oil Patch Radio Show. First, I would like, though, to start by telling you a little bit about um, our past issue of Shell Magazine, in which the feature was Moda Midstream. It's a great article, a great company. To read all about it, please feel free to go to shale, that's S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G.com. And I'd also like to tell you about some upcoming events to include our sixth annual State of Energy in Corpus Christi, scheduled for Thursday, August 28th at the beautiful Omni Hotel on North Shoreline Boulevard. Starting at 10.30 a.m., the keynote speaker for this year is Tracy Bentley. She is the CEO of the Permian Strategic Partnership. Other speakers will include Bo McCall, who is the CEO of Moda Midstream, Nueces County Judge Barbara Canales, also Brian Freed, who is the CEO of Epic Pipeline. We'll also have other CEOs joining us as well, as well as the CEO of the Port of Corpus Christi, Sean Strawbridge, who will moderate this amazing panel and, of course, help us through our luncheon. Do not wait to get tickets because this will be a sold-out event. For more information, you're welcome to go to uh, shellmag.com and click on the banner ad, or you can email Aslan, that's A-S-L-A-N, at shellmag.com for ticket and sponsorship information. And now I would like to bring on my co-host, David Blackman, and the president of the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers, uh, Jason Modlin. Guys, welcome to In the Wall Patch Radio Show. Hey, another beautiful day in Texas. It sure is, especially today, because it's our 300th show. Who would have uh, believed, uh, David, when, when we started the show uh, almost six years ago, we started in a little, well, it's, it's a pretty big studio here in San Antonio, KTSA, um, and then we migrated to 930, the answer. But yeah. we, 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 we quickly grew, you know, um, and it's kind of important. It's a big deal, I think, because, and Jason, I, you know, I'd like for you to, to jump in here too, but oil and gas is one of the most important commodities uh, on the planet, and yet it's the least understood. Uh, it's the most attacked. And yep. 
so our show, for it to be growing in different markets and to have the partnerships that we have in place, like with the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers and, and David, your years of experience in the oil and gas sector, um, I just, you know, I, I am tickled to death to see that the show is really picking up steam. Uh, people are really seeing the value of the show, but it could also be because there's so much discussion on, like, climate change and yep. the energy transition that we're going through and what is ESG. So, David, I want to give you a few minutes to just talk about, you know, what 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 do you feel about the show growing? And then, uh, Jason, oh. a few minutes with you, too. Sure. I just think it's wonderful. I, I'm, I'm really just uh, I feel lucky to be a part of it. Uh, I wasn't there at the beginning, but uh, I guess I think now I've been uh, with the show for about five years now. Um, if I remember correctly, and that's been a joy for me. And uh, I love doing radio, and uh, I love doing radio with you and, and Barry, our producer. Yes, does such you, a great job of getting high quality guests for the show. And um, I think we do a good job. I'm really proud of the fact that uh, Kim, that we do a good job of covering the landscape, not just of oil and gas, but of energy and the issues surrounding energy and the transition and ESG and all those things you mentioned uh, on a weekly basis and uh, give our listeners, I think, a, a well-rounded, although pointed uh, viewpoint uh, of what's really happening out there and try to convey the truth instead of what the popular narrative is. So uh, I just I'm happy to, to be a part of it and, and really grateful for the opportunity. Well, we are very happy to have such an expert join the show. Jason, your partnership, the Texas Alliance, first of all, the association is is, is vital for uh, the independent. And of course, since you've come on board, we have just seen the alliance step up to another level. Y'all are out there. You're on social media. You're doing a great job. Wonderful president of the association. But without y'all's partnership, and y'all have been with us for a while on the show, um, I don't necessarily know if we would really... Have grown to the level that we've grown to. So I want to say thank you for that. This meeting is being recorded. So so start telling me a little bit about like with y'all uh, or the Alliance, your, your, uh, how important do you think a show that's for the average day person to talk about oil and gas and kind of break things down is, is important to your industry? Well, Kim and David, first, congratulations on your 300th episode. And, and really, it's been phenomenal to have this partnership with you and, and to work with you um, uh, on a monthly basis to, to kind of put out some great content and really talk about things happening in the energy space. You've seen a lot over the past six years uh, from the, the export moratorium uh, ending, um, a really a resurgence in the Permian Basin, and, and, and really this new opportunity that we have to export LNG around the world, really lowering uh, emissions both here and abroad, uh, but also tapping into to some economic opportunity um, here in rural Texas, um, uh, really taking our state to, to a different level uh, than we've seen in, in years past uh, with, with oil and gas. So um, you, you've been at the forefront really reporting on that and then translating it uh, so that folks can understand how it impacts them. And, and uh, uh, it's just a great opportunity to be with this program. And, and congratulations to you both. Thank you so much. Thank and, you. you know, it, it kind of seems like, especially through uh, the February snowstorms that we had here in Texas, and there's so much discussion on climate change now, and there just seems to be a heightened uh, awareness of 
to everyone how important energy is uh, because they either experience the blackout or they've experienced higher prices at the pump or at the grocery store or what is this energy transition? People are very, uh, 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 I think, afraid of the topic climate change. They don't really know what that is. Um, they, you, know, you hear stories on both sides. We don't have it. You know, There's no such thing as climate change. And you hear other people, there is a thing as climate change. And so I think that the partnership that we have and, and the show is vital because it really does help, I think, cut through, like David, you said, the, um, the importance of trying to have somewhere where the average person can go and learn a little bit more about right. energy and also have a, a, a place for the energy industry to come and talk to. So we've had many guests along the way. We've had... Uh, a lot of CEOs, we've had a lot of elected officials, congressmen, uh, the Railroad Commission, all of them have been on the radio show, uh, some great authors, uh, Alex Epstein uh, with the Moral Case of Fossil Fuels, uh, and uh, Mike Schellenberger uh, in California. I mean, it has Dan been Dan Jurgen. Yeah. Dan Jurgen, yeah. We've had some really amazing people on the show um, in these past six years. So I do want to take a moment and thank some of the partners who have helped us so much. Texas Alliance of Energy Producers, Jason and your group. Um, the Port of Corpus Christi has been a big supporter of the show. Uh, Agreco has been a partner with us, uh, since we began. Deloitte, uh, has also helped us in, uh, Shell Magazine and many, many more. And of course, our amazing executive producer, Barry, that makes all of us sound really great and make sure that the show, uh, <laughs> Um, goes well. I'd like to uh, also uh, invite anyone who's listening to the show to call in and join. You can ask a question. You can just uh, help us celebrate the 300 show by calling 210-308-8867. And I'm going to start with, of course, uh, our phone lines because we do have one uh, caller and I'd like to not have him wait too long before we go to break. Clint, San Antonio, I think I know who you are. Clint, welcome to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Hello, Kim. How you doing? Fantastic. Good. Well, as everybody knows, I'm uh, Kim's husband, and I just wanted to say congratulations, and I'm very proud of the show and your dedication to making the show a nationally syndicated show. Thank you. You're we, welcome. It has been a it has been a journey for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I first uh, came in and told him we want to do a show on oil and gas, everyone was just, I mean, you could do a show on anything. Why don't you do something on vitamins or a garden <laughs> show or uh, a really oil and gas? And yeah, oil and gas. And they're like, no, that sounds so boring. And, uh, you know, 300 <laughs> shows later, here we are. <laughs> Thank you so much, uh, honey, for uh, that. Do you have a question, though, for our guests? Yes, okay. yes I do. Can you give me an update on OPEC and what should we expect? Thank you, Clint. Mm-hmm. Who wants to take that? I know. I'm not even sure well, if I had, know. We've had news today, actually. We've had some news. Yeah. Yeah, they, they had a, a meeting this morning, believe it or not. And uh, it was in Egypt. I mean, they didn't have the meeting in the United States. And they, they uh, resolved their differences and... Uh, came to an agreement, uh, and uh, so that should, I think, help stabilize the markets. But, Jason, you uh, you go ahead. Uh, give your view. Well, well, David, you're absolutely right. I mean, that, uh, early this morning, I, I guess it wasn't early in Egypt, but early our time, uh, the, the 
the cartel reached an agreement. Really, the two holdouts were uh, Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates that were having a uh, pretty big disagreement about where their baseline cuts uh, should be made. Right. But um, what they decided is that moving forward, they will start boosting output uh, by 400,000 barrels a day each month, um, uh, starting in August, until they chip away at that 5.8 million barrels a day that they've taken off of, of production. Um, and really it's gonna be uh, a, a unique thing to watch as, as they implement those those cuts and, and doing away with them. And the last thing we wanted to see was another price war, right. which we saw right. back in, in April, or excuse me, February and March of last year. Uh, and it looks like they're taking a measured approach to avoid price spikes um, as the world experiences inflation, while at the same time, we've got some global resurgence of the COVID virus in, in, in some countries. Yes, I was right. hearing about that. Jason and David, we return from break. I do want to also just kind of ask, what can we expect with, with this new announcement? You know, do we see prices stabilizing, going up or going down? We are going to have to take a quick break. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Be sure to call in and join our show at 210-308-8867. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. And welcome back to In the Wool Patch Radio Show. Today is a very special day for it. For us, it is our 300th episode of In the Oil Patch Radio Show. If you'd like to join in uh, and ask a question of Jason Modulin, who is our guest today, the president of the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers, my co-host David Blackman, we are here. Call in 210-308-8867. Jason, David, before the break, uh, we were discussing the agreement that just came up this morning with OPEC+. Plus. Um, and so I guess what I want to know is your thoughts on, will they put too much on the market and then the price is going to go down? Or do you think their formula and what they're putting on the market is going to be just enough for the sweet spot so we continue to climb in crude prices? What are y'all's thoughts on that? Jason, well, you go um, okay. Jason, you want to go first? Well, it, it, Kim, as I mentioned, they're adding back on 400,000 barrels a day. Uh, they had cut 5.8 million barrels last year. Uh, that's going to take them about a year to 14 months to restore that production. Uh, so it's it's by no means uh, flipping a switch and, and flooding the market again. Uh, we have seen demand increase um, both here and abroad. Um, and hopefully what they're doing is matching that production uh, with what they're seeing on the demand side so that we don't see uh, so, some dramatic declines in price uh, that would disrupt some, some uh, planned uh, drilling here in the United States. Okay. Yeah, um, I, I agree with all that. I, I suspect what we will see uh, when the markets open overnight uh, is a at least temporary drop in the in the price uh, to some extent probably not a lot um because you are putting another four hundred thousand barrels a day onto the market uh, and uh, the other part of it is they're allowing uh, countries to also uh put more on the market for the rest of this month that they they're not really talking about but they are allowing that 
And so uh, I think you will see a drop in the price. It won't be a lot. And then I think it will resume its uh, kind of steady upward pressure that uh, that we've seen throughout the year. Right. I'm sure y'all's thoughts are going to make everyone in the oil industry a, a lot happier. Let's go to phone line three. Joe, a uh, fan of the show from the Woodlands. Joe, Joe welcome to End the Wall Patch Radio Show. Hey, I'm glad to be here for your 300th anniversary. I know. Big show, big it's show. Amazing. I know. It seems like only yesterday. It does. And we're growing. <laughs> we're syndicated nationally now, too. We're, I, I we're... don't feel that old. <laughs> Hopefully we're not 300. <laughs> it's like an episode of the Monsters, you know. <laughs> there you go. Joe, what's your question for the guys? Uh, well, the question is, uh, a lot of it is an observation. But, you know, as we talk to our climate friends on both sides of the aisle, on um, you know, whether there's a climate crisis or there's not, or carbon dioxide is terrible or green energy is wonderful, <clears throat> I've had a couple of... Uh, friends, or I guess you'd call them frenemies, uh, they would mention something like, why in the world would any government want to fabricate a crisis? And of course, you know, my jaw would drop, and you know, the, the answer is so obvious, such as wanting, wanting to control the industry or to create a completely new industry, and then uh, maybe decide that, well, you know, there's nothing wrong with oil and natural gas after all, sort of like what Eastern Europe is doing you now in Germany and right. what have you. But, you know, from my observations, you know, which I've just said, what are some of your answers to when they ask that question, why would a government want to fabricate a crisis? Okay. Well, who wants that hot potato first? <laughs> uh, I've got answers. Uh, Jason, do you want to go first? Well, I, <laughs> y'all have had some very good guests on your show. Uh, Mike Schellenberger, yeah. uh, I, I would strongly encourage you to uh, uh, connect with Steve Coonan, uh, recent uh, author of Unsettled. He just came out of the Obama White House uh, mm-hmm. and was a climate advisor there. Um, and, and really, um, you know, his main point is that Yes, the climate is changing. Yes, there are things that we can do to address um, uh, the climate and and keep uh, the air clean and the water clean, Um, but it's not shutting down domestic oil and gas production. Um, It's not uh, turning your back on the developing world in China and India and Africa uh, that are very much wanting to make sure that their kids can go to school that they can drink clean water. Um, those types of opportunities, uh, we, we shouldn't deny to the rest of the world. And so we should find ways to uh, work together to utilize uh, clean burning natural gas here in the United States uh, to advance uh, other economies and, and other uh, uh, countries in the world so that we can trade with them, so that we can uh, uh, see their people prosper. Um, but we shouldn't be shutting down Uh, large segments of our economy just because um, uh, we're concerned that uh, a few millimeters of sea rise or uh, other types of of doom and gloom um, 
that they they say is coming um, when they're not calling for um, more drastic measures. They're, they're calling for very limited measures. And so that's that, that's pretty concerning. But David, you probably have a better answer. Well, hang well, on, I, David. Hang on, David, because we're yeah, going to go okay. into a break real quick. When we come back, we're going to continue this conversation. If you want to join in uh, to the show, please call 210-308-8867. Bruce, you are up next. Thank you for hanging on. Again, you're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. The Texas Alliance of Energy Producers has a rich and commanding history of fighting for the independent oil and gas industry. The Texas Alliance became a statewide organization in 2000 with the merger of two of the oldest oil and gas associations in the nation, the North Texas Oil and Gas Association and the West Central Texas Oil and Gas Association. Today, with more than 2,600 members, the Texas Alliance is the largest statewide association in the country serving independent energy producers and associated industries. Through our efforts in Washington, D.C., and Austin, the Texas Alliance is focused on a better business climate for you. The Texas Alliance has a staff consisting of highly experienced senior staff and supporting consultants serving our membership. Offices are located in Austin and Wichita Falls. Become a member today by visiting texasalliance.org or email us texasalliance at texasalliance.org. For the past 50 years, the people at Bulwark FR have served as the relentless protectors of workers in the oil and gas industry, but never as relentless as right now. That's because for the first time in decades, free to double down on flame resistant apparel that's designed to understand your workday and your world. See how they're finally at full power for you at BulwarkIndependence.com. That's Bulwark spelled B-U-L-W-A-R-K Independence.com. And welcome back to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Today is our special day. It's our 300 episode. Um, so thank you for listening. And if you'd like to call in and talk to Jason, David Blackman, or myself, please call 210-308-8867. And David, I, I promised you I would give you a few seconds to talk about why are the govern- some governments picking winners and losers in the energy sector. But we do have phone lines packed, so sure. I'll give you a few seconds. Just to, just quickly, I mean, governments pick winners and losers in the energy sector or any other sector for one simple reason, and that is to pay off their campaign contributors and their supporters. And that's exactly what's happening in the Biden administration. Uh, uh, these bills, the infrastructure bill, this $3.5 trillion thing that's being considered right now has hundreds of billions of dollars in payoffs to the renewable sector that mm-hmm. paid for a big part of, of the Democrats' uh, campaigns. And it, it really is that simple. Um, the climate is changing. It has always changed. It always will change. It's not changing in some of the ways that the alarmists contend it's changing. And as Jason said, the solution to the ways that it is changing is not to kill one sector to benefit another. Uh, the solution is to come up with real, real approaches to solving problems that the oil and gas industry can help the power with, with all the energy it provides. And um, I think, you know, it's really as simple as that, and uh, I'll just leave it there. Good answer, and you know that here in the oil patch, you 
don't really get a lot of bull, you get the truth. Let's go to line two, Bruce San Antonio. Thank you for holding. Um, welcome to our 300 show. And uh, what is your question for? Well, thanks Thanks for taking my call. And also, I'll, I'll congratulate you all on 300. But more importantly, a general question, and I'm not really sure how to pose this, but it seems to me that in recent months, I've read where the where the majors are kind of pulling out of the Permian. And I was wondering, uh, what's your take on this? What does it mean? Is who's stepping in? And is that, uh, how is that revaluing, you know, Permian assets? Very good answer. Very good question, Bruce. Thank you for listening. Uh, David, Jason? Well, there have been some big announcements of uh, majors putting up assets in the Permian Basin um, and, and uh, a number of big independents are, are contemplating snatching those up. Um, there still presents a tremendous opportunity in the Permian Basin on the Texas side um, uh, to take advantage of the multiple strata of production pay zones there um, and get that energy uh, to pipelines and to the Port of Corpus Christi so that it can be um, either refined or, or shipped all over the world. So um, uh, still a tremendous amount of opportunity in the Permian Basin uh, for a long time to come. Uh, you've had yeah. Commissioner Christian on the show a number of times um, and talking about the hundreds of years of uh, reserves that are in the Permian Basin in both oil and natural gas. Um, and um, if, if the majors are willing to sell, um, independents are willing to buy them up. Well, and I think there's some misperceptions uh, out there. Yes, yes, BP and Shell, uh, you know, are talking about getting out of the basin. Uh, They're European companies that have to respond to European pressures on climate change. Uh, but, you know, Chevron bought Noble Energy last fall. Uh, right. It was one of the biggest acquisitions in the Permian Basin uh, in recent history. ExxonMobil remains, I believe, uh, the second largest landholder company uh, in the Permian Basin. And I haven't seen ExxonMobil talking about selling out of, the, of that basin. Uh, so some of the majors are probably gonna pull out for, for their own reasons. And some probably aren't uh, because they have business interests that work for them there but but as jason said you know there are all these big independents who are looking to get bigger in the basin and uh you know the, the way pioneer natural resources has for example and diamondback energy and we're going to continue that uh, to see that happen uh, in the years to come now david also jason you mentioned parsley energy and i thought i had read a report that they were talking about possibly selling and uh, when we come back from break, I, I want to get an update on that. And then, Mike, I know you're on the line. We're going to get to you next, so don't hang up. Hang on in there or hold on just a second. If you want to join the show, the phone number is 210-308-8867. You are listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Roseland Oil & Gas is excited to bring you the third annual South Texas Oil & Gas Convention, September 15th through 16th at the Henry B. Gonzalez Center in San Antonio, Texas. This will be a huge networking opportunity for the oil and gas industry. Does your company offer a service, product, or equipment for the oil and gas industry? Well, you want to sign up today to exhibit or attend at roselandconsulting.com. roselandconsulting.com or give Roseland a call. 
And we're back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. And this is a special show as it is our 300th show. How exciting to see us growing. And we're also nationally syndicated now. And we'd like to thank our new um, station that's picking us up, Twin Cities in Minnesota. That is Biz Radio 1440KYRC. They will begin, uh, we will begin airing their july 31st so we're very excited about that if you want to join the show you're welcome to call 210-308-8867 if you have a question for uh, jason modulin who is the president of the texas alliance of energy producers who is our guest today along with the editor of shell magazine david blackman and myself um so you know prior to the the break parsley energy had made an announcement guys I thought i thought i read that in some media clipping is that true was can you can somebody verify and and it, the par- parsley one's a little dated. Um, uh, parsley merged with Pioneer at the, at the start of the year. Oh, no, I'm uh, sorry. I meant Pioneer. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Pioneer. Uh, well, it, and then they recently had an acquisition with uh, Double Point Energy. Um, uh, uh, right. Or yeah. was known as Double Eagle. So um, uh, as David mentioned in the, in the last segment, uh, Pioneer's really um, uh, taken on t- some new assets and, and some new opportunities for production in the Permian Basin. Th- those were both um, Permian-focused um, operators, okay. as is Pioneer. Okay. So then I, I thought I read something different. Let's go to line one, Mike San Antonio. Mike, thank you for joining us on In the Oil Patch Radio Show, our 300 show. Um, welcome to the show. What is your question for Jason, David, or myself? Uh, my question is, uh, first of all, first-time caller. Welcome to the show. Yes, thank you. And I do listen a lot, but I haven't called. Thank you. Are uh, you by chance in oil and gas, too? Well, I'm glad you asked. Uh, I'm a big advocate, but I happen to be a, an assistant professor in alternative energy. Okay. Uh, uh, Very cool. In the, local, in the local college. But, however, you know, I'm... You know, I'm, I work under a big umbrella, you might say, under the energy sector. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm not a, I don't know if I can say this, but I'm not a tree hugger. Okay. And, <laughs> you can say anything uh, you want. <laughs> Just no I'm cursing. Not, you know, I'm not going to say anything, but I, you know, I love ice engines. I love gasoline. However, you know, I, I just believe that there's room under the tent for everybody. And I, sure. there was a little there was a little commentary I heard just before the break of one of your gentlemen there about, you know, not forsaking, you know, doing other things, but not forsaking oil. And I'm totally for that. I've been involved in this inter- this energy industry for almost 40 years and going back a long time for the, in, in the oil embargo in the seventies. So I'm a little bit familiar with it, but I'm a little, you know, it's kind of scary to see what's going on with, the present administration cutting back on, uh, you know, uh, their ideas of, of putting forth these other energies, which I love. I love. I teach a hydrogen fuel cell class and a wind turbine maintenance class. But again, not at the sake of giving up oil. I'm not for that. Well, thank uh, you. 
Uh, hold on, Barry. Please make sure you get his information before Mike. We, we want to don't hang up after you. You. Uh, so, so you are yep. into alternative, but you're also seeing the benefit of you can't just turn the spigot off in oil and gas, which is. I don't cool. see how. I, yeah. 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 We're not going to be able to. That's exactly. Not right. everyone want to live. Yeah, I'm glad to hear you're you're teaching a class on hydrogen fuel cells because that's really the car technology of the future, not electric vehicles. They're too limited, and they're. You know, I mean, uh, EVs have to be powered by fossil fuels at the end of the day. That's how you recharge them. Um, so, well, yeah, hydrogen fuel cells is a, is a very interesting uh, technology with a ton of potential. And uh, I'll just I, shut up. And, uh, Jason, <laughs> go ahead. Well, and, and, and David, <laughs> hydrogen is fueled and, and, and produced with natural gas. Right, uh, exactly. And some of these rockets that are launching off from Boca Chica and Van Horn in Texas, they're powered by natural gas and methane. And so uh, really kind of the, these new transportation opportunities that we're seeing uh, start to emerge uh, they source back to domestically produced oil and gas. It, it, it's pretty fantastic to, to see and watch. Well, I know that's one of the big uh, areas of where uh, hydrogen, right now anyway, that is is being produced. Number one is through natural gas and through methane uh, reformation or formation. But, you know, as we get better at, at you know, electrolysis, you know, maybe we would get better at producing hydrogen uh, renewables, you know, using DC uh, through solar or whatever, you know, but, you know, I know we're still a ways off, but uh, keep the gas flowing. And and to be clear with you, to be clear, I just want to say real quick, I completely agree with Mike. There's room under the tent for all of these fuel sources. I do not hate wind and solar power, okay? They, they are a, a valuable part of any energy grid if they are deployed and managed properly. The problem we have in Texas is they're not being deployed and managed properly, and that's a different topic for, for another, another day probably. Well, and Jason, the demand, right, for oil and gas is only expected to grow globally worldwide um, or, or energy sources. So a lot of the experts that have been on the show talk about the need for all of it and, and more. We're not even going to be able to produce enough. So cutting off any spigot of anything is, is probably not wise. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, you go back a, a year ago and it was the end of oil and gas. We, we were never <laughs> going to get over 100 million barrels a day um, and, and we're on the decline. And uh, already um, EIA, IEA, all, all the prognosticators are saying we will be back. Um, to full demand uh, um, uh, in just a short six months from now. Mm -hmm. Um, And and we continue to see uh, global demand uptick um, and and the competition. Uh, China continues to expand with coal-fired power plants. um, And and we need to find ways uh, to utilize oil and natural gas um, to displace some of those fuels um, rather than see uh, expansion of uh, kind of Chinese coal. So um, th- there continues to be opportunities uh, for uh, American oil and gas. Very good. So if you want to join the show, this will be our last segment. Please call in to 10-308-8867. You're listening to in the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we will be right back.
The Texas Alliance of Energy Producers has a rich and commanding history of fighting for the independent oil and gas industry. The Texas Alliance became a statewide organization in 2000 with the merger of two of the oldest oil and gas associations in the nation, the North Texas Oil and Gas Association and the West Central Texas Oil and Gas Association. Today, with more than 2,600 members, the Texas Alliance is the largest statewide association in the country serving independent energy producers and associated industries. Through our efforts in Washington, D.C., and Austin, the Texas Alliance is focused on a better business climate for you. The Texas Alliance has a staff consisting of highly experienced senior staff and supporting consultants serving our membership. Offices are located in Austin and Wichita Falls. Become a member today by visiting texasalliance.org or email us texasalliance at texasalliance.org. Welcome back to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Today is our 300 show. We're very excited. Our guest today is Jason Modulin, the president of the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers, along with my co-host and editor of Shell Magazine, David Blackman. If you want to join the show, call 210-308-8867. Guys, before the break, uh, you know, we've, we've had a lot of discussion on Midland, uh, alternative uh, fuels, resources, all these different things. Um, but I do want to uh, try to get us back on track of like, um, Mike was asking a question earlier about, you know, is there a need for uh, oil and gas still? And he believes there is. You guys believe the same. Any uh, comments, Dave, uh, Jason, before the break, I kind of cut you short. I'll let you finish that up if you want to. No, uh, fossil fuels is 80% of global uh, energy use, um, and and that's not going away anytime soon. And to to David's point, yes, there's obviously a role for wind and solar, uh, but to turn your back on oil and gas and and to to a lesser extent coal uh, is just silly. Can I I add to that, Kim? Sure, sure. Because that's a great point. Uh, It's 80, fossil fuels are 80% of our fuel mix today globally. Mm-hmm. Ten years ago, fossil fuels were 80% of our global fuel mix. In those 10 years, we've spent trillions of dollars, trillions upon trillions of dollars, subsidizing wind and solar and electric vehicles. And fossil fuels share of the total energy mix is the same. And guess what? Ten years from now, after we spend all these trillions that Joe Biden wants to spend, it's still going to be about 80% because mm-hmm. population's growing and demand for energy is growing. Globally. And, co- mm-hmm. and, and underdeveloped countries want to develop their economies, and that takes real, reliable, predictable energy. Mm-hmm. So that's I think the, the reality. I think the sad thing, though, is how, how panicked people are by the rhetoric that has just been pushed out, the, the narrative. Yeah. And now we, you know, we understand the children don't know how to process it. We've had uh, suicides in children uh, because of this very, you know, difficult topic that has just gotten to a level that's just not necessary. So I do hope that, uh, you know, our show does help give some clarity to what's really going on here. I want to switch gears, guys, because this is the last segment, and I want to get to the special session in Austin. We had 51 Democrat members of the House representative fly off to Washington, D.C. in order to try to block a voter integrity bill. And I'm just saying, you know, with that, <laughs> you know, we've got to have voter in- 
integrity and you have to have a, a driver's license to check into a hotel to go buy alcohol to um, you need to have an ID to vote that's just my opinion the media though um, coverage seems to be um, you know just that it's not I, I don't know like I want y'all's opinion is this acceptable how do we get uh, the people's business done when Texas only meets every two years um, is this appropriate is this even okay well, this is a common tool for the minority uh, in, in legislative bodies to delay proceedings. Um, uh, it rarely uh, stops or obstructs uh, the legislative item. It, it simply delays it. Um, uh, we've seen this quite a bit from Democrats here in Texas in the last uh, 18 years. Uh, first was in 2003 when both House Democrats and Senate Democrats left. They went to uh, different destinations. Um, but uh, uh, managed to delay um, a redistricting and a couple other matters <laughs> right. in 2003. And then just in at the end of May, we saw uh, House Democrats, um, uh, they, they actually went to their offices, but they left the floor um, and prevented uh, action from, from taking place. Um, so this is this is fairly common um, uh, when you have a minority and, and they're trying to delay proceedings. Yeah, well, I, you know, I got to say, if I was the, the Democratic Party of Texas, I, I would, frankly, have already gotten them back to right. Texas because this has been one of the most unmitigated PR disasters uh, I've ever seen in my life. I mean, three of them testing who fully vaccinated people, right, testing positive for COVID-19 the day after they were in a direct meeting with the vice president of the United States. Uh, it, it not only is an embarrassment to the party and to the state of Texas, but now it's 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 inevitably reducing confidence, public confidence in the efficacy of these vaccines. I mean, these are vaccinated people being tested positive now for COVID-19. Politicians from Texas who shouldn't be in Washington, D.C. Right. Um, and this is it's a disaster for the Democratic Party. Uh, and if I was Governor Abbott, I'd encourage him to stay away, frankly. Well, he did say that he can continue to just pull, you know, special sessions all the way to the time that they get right. uh, reelected. So this isn't going to work. Get back because uh, I have not seen anything positive on social media. And I have a lot of following of anyone saying that this is appropriate or okay. The people's work must go on. And this is an important session. We're talking about redistricting. There's, uh, we have to deal with the, the snowstorm. This is, and then now you've got what you said, David. Um, you now have COVID-19 running rapid in, in people that got on a plane without masks and stuff who were vaccinated. So now we have probably <laughs> a new discussion going on pertaining to that. Um, I want to uh, quickly talk about your upcoming conference, Jason. Uh, Texas Alliance of Energy Producers, your conference is going to be happening on August 24th in beautiful Fort Worth, Texas. We do plan on attending and being there to cover switch, it. Switch up the date there, September okay. 14th and 15th. Okay. Um, uh, I've got a bad date there, but September 14th and 15th in Fort Worth, the Fort Worth Stockyards. Uh, we've got a great lineup of speakers. Uh, Chris Wright with Liberty Oil Field Services really done some great work on North Face, uh, recently putting up billboards around Denver, uh, thanking North Face for their oil and gas use. Uh, Mike Howard, who, who y'all know well, Howard Energy um, uh, Partners, uh, we're excited to have him. Uh, okay. Chairman Christy Craddock uh, will be there. Uh, we've also got a, a number of other great speakers uh, lined up um, to talk about uh, independent oil and gas and, and the good things happening in Texas, but also opportunities 
um, around the nation and around the world. So we're, we're excited to get back together. You know, we canceled our conference last year uh, because of COVID concerns. So it would be great to be back in person. And you don't have to be a member of uh, Texas Alliance to join. There's plenty of sponsorships and tickets available. And That's right. you guys have a big expo too going on. So there's lots of booths, networking opportunities, luncheons, speakers. So uh, we've attended almost all of y'all's uh, expo. You do it once a year and it really is worth the trip. And then of course, everybody has fun when they go to Fort Worth. It's it's such a hoot. But I did want to, to mention that. Uh, we are just about out of time. Jason, thank you so much for uh, joining us on the show. And for more information to get tickets or uh, to get tickets or sponsor the event, they would just go to Texas Alliance or what's the website? Yeah, texasalliance.org. Um, and you can see uh, the conference event right there. And uh, we look forward to seeing everyone in Fort Worth. Well, we certainly will be there. And so behalf on, on behalf of David and myself, thank you for joining us today. David, thank you. You both, um, you did great. I want to thank our sponsors of our show, Texas Alliance, the Port of Corpus Christi, Agreco, Deloitte, and many, many more that, that I probably have forgotten to mention. Thank you so much for your support. We're very happy that we are growing and we're nationally syndicated now. Thank you so much for listening to the Oil Patch Radio Show, and thank you to our callers today. In the Oil Patch is where, together, we explore topics that affect us all in oil, gas, business, and in your community. Every week, your host, Kim Bellotto, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch.